Friends, welcome again to the Pastor's Cut Podcast. This is for the week of Sunday, November 13th, 2022. I am so glad that you are listening with us today as we're exploring Colossians chapter 1. Before we dive into the passage, though, it is uh, the afternoon as we're recording this, and I think we're all a little bit sleepy. Yeah, yeah. So what, what's your favorite <laughs> afternoon pick-me-up? Ooh, um... A fifth cup of coffee. I don't, an afternoon pick me up. Yeah, yeah, just another cup of coffee. I'm there with you. I've got my <laughs> cup of coffee right here. I love it. Brad, what about you? The coffee that you didn't bring me. Oh, no. It's my favorite afternoon pick me up, Dave. Oh, yes, this is true. Usually when we record the podcast, I bring a cup of coffee. In the mornings, right? In the mornings. You're out of <laughs> but <laughs> this is my last cup from my pot, so I'm uh, sorry I didn't share oh, it. Oh, no. I'm, there's an illustration want, there somewhere. I don't think you want to drink this cup of coffee, <laughs> just in case there's uh, any lingering side effects. I had COVID last week. Yay. That was not fun. Well, it was your turn, you know. I suppose so. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't a bad case, so that's good. Yes, we're glad to have you back. <laughs> and it is good to be back. And with that, we're going to dive into Colossians chapter 1. We're looking at verse 9 through 14, as Paul is praying and interceding for the Colossian community to experience and grow in the Christian faith in new ways. And so with that, Marissa, would you mind reading for us? Sure, I'd love to. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You know, every time we read scripture, we should have Bruce play the organ. For those that are listening <laughs> at home, you may be able to hear faintly in the background some oh, I wish interesting they could, sounds, yeah. <laughs> and I wish they could. Bruce, our church organist, is practicing the organ in the worship center just behind the studio, and as... He's, as Marissa was reading, you could just hear the organ playing. It sounded really sweet. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah no, no amount of egg crates and sound dampening can uh, silence our organ. No, <laughs> we, have, we have an organ with a rich history in yeah, our church, yeah. and I don't know how many pipes. So many pipes. Lots of them. Somewhere all Bruce is like, I'll places. tell you how many pipes. Sometimes we should have them on the show <laughs> just for that reason. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're looking not at, at pipes, but Colossians <laughs> chapter 1. And so uh, Marissa... Since it's you and me today, Darren yeah. is is off playing hooky somewhere. He's not really <laughs> off playing hooky. He's counseling somebody. So <laughs> let's let's be honest. What stood out from this passage from your perspective? Well, I just really, really enjoy reading the prayers of Paul um, because they give a window into his own personal uh, relationship with God and into his heart. And each person who offers a prayer of intercession 
um, does so from their own perspective. We all have uh, experiences and intuition and things that we've learned from the Lord that we can offer up when we pray for other people. So because of who you are and who God designed you to be, you have something really beautiful to offer through your prayer that no one else can. Um, you know, when an ill friend asks for prayer, uh, we all might pray for healing, but someone who has experienced the same illness may know to pray not just for healing, but for loneliness or despair. Um, someone who has cared for someone in a similar situation may know to uh, pray for strength and peace for their loved ones or, you know, uh, for compassionate care or for uh, insurance, <laughs> for things not to go badly with insurance, mm-hmm. for that to be resolved easily. So when we pray, we pray through our own lens and from our own heart, and we become this choir of voices all lifting up the person we're praying for in different parts in harmony, and so we can offer a more holistic way to pray for people. Paul prayed for the Colossians from his own heart's perspective, um, meaning that the things that he prayed over them were most likely the things he prayed for himself. And when we saw the prayer from Ephesians that we'll be talking about this Sunday, um, it's the same thing. The things he found most beneficial in his own walk with Christ, the things that he struggled with, the things that he needed prayer for, uh, is what he prayed for other people. And this prayer is unique. It's not a Timothy prayer. It's not a Barnabas prayer. It's it's a Paul's prayer for, for them. And I just think about, um, you know, the way that I pray for my kids. Mm. And my heart's prayer for my kids since before they were born was that they would have a relationship with God that they felt uh, personally and intrinsically and that faith would come easy for them. Um, and that prayer is informed by my own difficulties with faith from my youth. And I pray that my kids don't have the same struggles and hangups that I did. So when Paul prays for the Colossians, these are the things that weighed heavily on his heart for himself and for all of the Christian community. You know, he was not just praying mm-hmm. for the Colossians. We're included in that as well. It's these, these are the matters that dominated his thinking. Absolutely, they did. And, and what I, so I love this prayer. I, I'm going to be speaking on Sunday morning on the 13th, and so I'll be looking at Colossians 1 uh, from the stage, from, from the global perspective. I'll look at it from, actually, from the lens of Paul, looking at it as a pastoral prayer, because this is very much so a pastoral prayer mm-hmm. that Paul prays over a church that he never actually met. Right. It's kind of interesting. Paul never went to Colossae. Paul was was in Ephesus. Colossae maybe was was a day's walk from Ephesus, and he sent Epaphras. Epaphras was from Colossae, but Epaphras was probably discipled in Ephesus and then went to Colossae, brought the gospel there, helped them to know Jesus, and Paul even mentions his name as a part of the introduction mm-hmm. earlier before the passage that we read there to help them know that. And Paul prays some pretty specific things, and and I love that, that as Paul is praying and, and Paul's shaping his prayers for these believers in particular, he prays for several things. Um, one of the things I, I, I will pick up on in the lesson and something that I would encourage you as a small group leader to, to look at would be looking at, at the first thing he prays for. You might even ask, what does Paul pray for? What does that mean to you personally? Uh, one of the things that he mentions in verse 9, we are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That word filled is is the word plerao in the Greek. It's it's a word that means to be fully filled or, or filled from the outside in. It's an image of the Holy Spirit actually coming and infusing life and giving something to, to fill and give direction and give purpose to, to more than just simply give you a full belly and, and you're content and that's all there is to it. 
but you're filled for the purpose of even giving out to other right. people. Yeah. And this echoes the language of fullness from Ephesians 3, verse 12, the, the prayer mm-hmm. of the Ephesians. Um, and so this, like I was saying before, just seems to be something that was really on Paul's heart, mm-hmm. that we not um, be overly concerned about, um, in the case of the Ephesians, the status of God's love or whether or not um, they are uh, worthy of accepting God's love. And for the Colossians, the knowledge of God's will and direction in their lives, if we, we are so concerned about those things, if we're restless, if we're not filled and satisfied with the knowledge that we have, then we are too inward and too concerned about ourselves, and we're not able to live in peace and in the abundance of God so that we can shine that out to others. And that's that bearing of fruit. We have to be able to nourish others with our, our, with our faith. So let's tease that out a little bit more. I, I want to chase that rabbit for a minute because mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of that before, but I love that image that you said that if we are so focused on the knowledge of God's will, we focus inward and not outward. Right, yeah. And Paul does not want us to live a life uh, distressed and absent of peace because we don't know God's will mm-hmm. or because we're mm-hmm. not fully um, accepting of God's love. If we're anxious about our status, then that is going to be, and you know, we've preached a whole sermon series about how anxiety focuses on the self and keeps us from from extending that light outward. Um, but fully allowing ourselves to accept the fullness of God's love and grace means that we are filled, we have satisfaction, we can live into our abundance and pour into the lives of others. And, and Paul is just telling them, you know, it's interesting, I don't know if you're going to talk about this on Sunday, but at the time that this letter was written, you know, Paul had about five more years, five more years of ministry of life. The Colossians also only had about five more years. A volcano would destroy that city mm-hmm. pretty quickly after this epistle was written. Mm-hmm. We don't know how much time we have. And if we are constantly dwelling on our anxieties about our status in God's kingdom or whether or not he loves us, that is such wasted breath. I think that's the biggest lie that the devil tells us is that we're not good enough, that we are imposters, that we can't, that we, we don't, are, we're unable to accept God's love because it keeps us, it stymies our progress and keeps us from being effective and shining that light out. Absolutely, yes. So I, I actually hadn't thought of pairing those two together. I'm, I'm looking at it, let's see. From from a teaching perspective, mm-hmm. I will be looking at it as as Paul is praying this for the Ephesians for the Ephesians, for the Colossians. Um, <laughs> I know I keep on bringing Ephesus into it, I, and I'm confused. But it's <laughs> I'm because the two. Issue. It's all right. Yeah, it, yeah. It's because Paul probably wrote both actually both Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon at the same time, mm-hmm. and delivered them all together as one package. Yeah. So it's not normal, or it's totally normal <laughs> to talk about those letters yeah, in yeah. tangent with each other. But Paul as Paul is praying this. Paul is praying this pastoral prayer for Christians to experience God in new and fresh ways. As, as I approach the message, I'm actually going to look at it through that lens as well. What does it look like for God to, to fill us in fresh ways, to mm-hmm. know and experience Him? Part of that ultimately is reaching out towards other people, right. and, and I love that, that you, you paired the two together. I, I wrote a paper recently looking at it, all of Colossians 1, 3 through 14, which is actually in two sentences in the Greek. It's kind of interesting. That, that Paul chose to not put the period down that often, mm-hmm. but so much of the language throughout this this introductory prayer, the prayer of thanksgiving and then the prayer for intercession, is wrapped up in looking outward, not just mm-hmm. looking inward, expanding the gospel beyond just, just what you've personally experienced. It's certainly about the gospel and what the gospel means for the Colossian community, 
but it's equally about what does the gospel mean for other people around you. Mm -hmm. And so the the image, you know, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, um, those two words from the Greek, it literally means just going out and expanding, growing and reaching new people who are far from God. Even, you know, the word filling, plerao, it has this image of, of going out of... The Holy Spirit filled the disciples in Acts chapter 4 as an example after they prayed, and we looked at that image on a Sunday morning Mm -hmm. here just a couple weeks ago. The Holy Spirit filled them so they could go out and preach with more boldness, and then they did do so, and more people came to know Jesus and accepted Jesus. And so there is very much so the sense of knowing God, experiencing God, encountering God so that you can go back out, not just to retain it for yourselves. Right, yeah. And that's something to consider in your uh, community groups. The question that, that you might ask is, you know, we teach the gospel and we do our level best to live by it. And we're telling other people about the source of our peace and our joy and about God's abundant love. But do we really believe that for ourselves? We really need to look at our own lives and see if we're accepting of that. Do you allow yourself to be a full recipient of that gospel peace? Or do you worry about your place in God's family, your place in, in that redemptive story, in the kingdom of light? I love the poetry of, <laughs> of Colossians. Mm-hmm. Um, while you're assuring others about the love of God, do you at the same time feel anxious about your own identity as a beloved child of God? And Paul writes in verse 12, God has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. And that that you know you are qualified. <laughs> Both Ephesians 3 and this prayer in Colossians is, uh, you know, if you struggle with, um, with any of these issues at all, just soak in those words, soak in those prayers from Paul, and know that they're for you as well, that you are qualified. And sometimes when we read the word inheritance, you know, we share in the inheritance of his holy people, we forget that the scriptures are assuring us not just of our reward or our future, but our current status as beloved children of God, mm-hmm. that we have that inheritance in the future because of who we are now, in God. Um, my kids are qualified to share in the inheritance. I'll leave them someday because I love them, not because of anything they can do, any works that they perform, anything that they can earn. They'll receive it as a gift because I adore them and they're completely mine. And that's the same for you. It's our relationship with our Father that qualifies us and nothing that we do or believe. And if, assuming that Paul has Ephesians and Colossians on his mind at the same time, mm-hmm. Paul writes in Ephesians that the down payment of our inheritance is the Holy Spirit that's at work inside right, of us. Yeah. So we get to experience the regenerative work of the Spirit on a daily basis yeah, yeah. for those who believe. Yeah, and that's the, what, what verse is it where, uh, sorry, I can't think of the verse, but the wisdom of God and the understanding of the Spirit come hand in hand. Um, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I always like how he always says, you know, it's the Spirit is what what gives us that understanding, what gives us that. Yes, yeah. and that was that was one nine. Yeah, for, thanks. Yes. <laughs> I think there's so many good things to chew on from this passage. I would even chew on, you know, verse 14, as, as a community group, in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. While, while certainly that would mean the, the manumission of sins, that God, that God took care of the, the consequences of sin on our behalf, that God has rescued us, that God has done what, what any person would, or any person, what, what only God can do, to fully, completely pay for the penalty of sin and transfer us into a new realm altogether. But maybe go around the room and ask, how have you experienced that? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe more than just you know, the deep, dark, you know, 
I was once the drug dealer. I was once, you know, we, we, very we think few of, of us have the cool. I know, seriously. <laughs> the cool youth pastor story. <laughs> have experienced God in small ways yeah. or in subtle ways for forgiving us or, or giving us a, a new direction, a new trajectory in small, mm-hmm. subtle ways. Maybe it was growing up in the church and thinking that we could earn our way to God or thinking it was the cool thing to do because everybody mm-hmm. else was at church and so we just needed to mm-hmm. do it. And then the Holy Spirit touched us personally, we realized, mm-hmm. oh, Jesus died for me, not just for the cool kids club. Right. Yeah. 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 So, there's no shame in, in accepting Jesus because all your friends are. That's inspiring. That's the prompting of the spirit through your friend. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it certainly is worth talking about what does that phrase, forgiveness of sins, mean for you? Mm-hmm. And then why, if Paul writes this here, is Paul maybe even echoing what's happening in the Lord's Prayer, where, where Jesus invites us to pray for us to forgive each other's sins as God has forgiven us. And, and so maybe there's something there worth mining out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to close out what I, what I kind of got from this, um, is verses 9 and 10, that the outcome of being filled with the knowledge and wisdom of God and understanding of the Spirit is that we'll continue to grow in the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we seek after God, we get God. Um, and how beautiful that is. Um, may we never be satisfied the amount we, of, of God that we know. <laughs> yes. You know, it's true that we'll never fully understand um, God or the divine, but we should always be seeking for that more complete understanding. And there's this uh, a Cranfield quote that I really like, and I include in lots of things that I write, but we must try to know the truth about God as fully as he allows us to learn ever more and more about his character, his deeds, his ways, and his will, and to understand everything around us in light of his truth. Proper worship includes learning more about God. And I love that that Paul includes this in his epistles because that's how I worship God more, most fully, just for me and my own personality and my own walk with God. Um, knowing and learning and absorbing the text is an act of worship for me. Um, and Paul says, as we grow in knowledge of God, we'll have greater endurance and patience and joy when we fall deeply in love with someone as, as we're to do with God, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the bulk of your affection is going to come from your emotions, um, your affections, your heart, but your love leads you to want to know as much as humanly possible about the person you're in love with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. you want to know their background and, and where they see themselves in the future. You want to know what they care about, who they love, why they love you. And that's how we should be with our relationship with God. If all we have is feeling, uh, when the relationship strains or when life becomes difficult, you know, that it, you'll realize that all you had was a crush. It was a temporary thing. Right. But if you build that relationship on the knowledge of God, that he will help you to endure, he'll help your patience. Um, when we've invested truly in knowing God, we're more likely to stay just like with any relationship. We're more likely to stay by their side. And it's through that wrestling that we gain a better understanding and a deeper love for God and the desire to grip him tightly no matter what happens and refusing to let go. That's that patience that Paul is talking about there. Yes, absolutely yes. And I think even more than that, God empowers us. There's a beautiful part in the middle of there. I I don't want to talk about too much here to rob away from what's going to happen on Sunday morning. But Paul uses... In here's verse, a taste, so you have a, to come on yes, Sunday. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Paul uses the word power four times mm. in the middle of this prayer. That um, you know, verse eleven, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. He uses the word dunamis twice. He uses the word uh, 
katas once, and he uses the word um, doxa once. So we're, we're, we're filled with power, by God's power, mm. according to God's power, <laughs> because of God's glory. Yeah. That, that all that together wraps up in God is the one who gives us the strength and the endurance and the ability to continue to persevere, to continue mm-hmm. to know him, to continue to experience him. And because of that, we get to experience joyful thanksgiving in new and fresh ways. We get to experience joy in the midst of everything that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something powerful about that, that as we know God, that it does fill us up with more of a passion to know him more and more of a passion to help other people know and experience who he is and what he does. Amen. Right on. <laughs> well, with that, my friends, I uh, want to encourage you, really, just, just read through this, pray through this. Maybe a good practice for all of you who are teaching this as pray this over your community group. Mm-hmm. Think about individuals in your group, wherever they're at in their journey and their walk with God, and pray that God would cover over them, would help them to know and experience the God that Paul talks about here in deeper and new and fresh ways, so that maybe he can even supply a breakthrough for them in their walk with mm-hmm. him. And with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God cause his face to shine upon you, and may God grant you peace. Amen? Amen. Farewell. Thank you.